This week's show is a call to action for 2017. It's time for you to start putting content out there, to build your brands, to engage with your clients and to build your businesses even more. And we'll be listening again to some of this year's great guests and their insights and ideas on how you can do just that. Welcome to episode 112 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. Indeed, thank you for your amazing support and feedback during 2016. In this last episode of the year, I want to use the advice of some of my past guests to encourage you to produce more of your own marketing content next year. During the last eight months, I've presented to three large groups of financial advisors, Financial Liverpool, the Protect Association, and most recently, the Voyant User Group. We talked about financial professionals upping their game on marketing their businesses and creating brands for themselves. All the equipment you need is in your pocket or your bag. Your smartphone can be a live TV outside broadcast unit using Facebook Live, Periscope or YouTube to broadcast live video. It's also an HD or 4K video camera letting you shoot better than broadcast quality footage. It's an audio recorder letting you put together podcast episodes like this one where you talk about your expert subject or interview another expert. It can take superb photographs and the Dictation app will let you write articles by speaking directly into your microphone. With this remarkable device, you can create content to engage your clients, to answer their questions. Marketing is no longer only available to those with big budgets. In this episode, using snippets of wisdom from past marketing and finance podcast guests, we're going to have a look at what you can achieve. Danny Matthews appeared in episode 84. He's a young financial advisor who's already building a personal brand and an online business. He tells us why we can't ignore the opportunities offered by digital. Yeah, if if I could pick just one, I, I, I want everyone who's listening that's in financial services, that's in banking, that's in insurance, to think about the, the trust level of their customers and how they can change that and really uh, try to, to hone in on the, the world is changing rapidly and the way that we communicate with customers and clients is changing rapidly and people now want to be contacted in, in different places and if we don't change and start adapting to that as an industry, um, as a, even as a regulator, um, then I fear that a lot of, you know, financial services companies, IFAs especially, smaller firms and individuals like myself will go out of business. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be like that because it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resource. It just takes an understanding of, um, uh, of the rules and different, uh, different elements of social media and how you can use it and just educating yourself. Danny is correct. With the technology available to us now, it doesn't take a lot of money to produce great content. 
But as Chris Marr explains, it's never been about money. It's always been about quality. Chris appeared in episode 80. Here's what he has to say about producing great content for your business. You know, I think that money, when it comes to money, you're totally right. There's a lot of things in there, but having a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to be great at marketing. No. You can throw £100,000 at something and think you're doing a great job. Yeah. It's never really about the money. It's the idea. It's the approach. You know, it's how you. It's you know, it ain't what you do. It's the way that you do it. That's <laughs> that's more important than anything else. And I think that um, I think people people get lost with that. Content marketing doesn't have to cost you any money. In fact, some of the best case studies: Neil Patel, um, Dan Norris, who have built a million dollar companies using content marketing. The reason that they started their blog in the first place was because it was free mm-hmm. and it's free to do. It doesn't cost you any, you don't have to pay out any cash to start a blog. But what you will have to do is spend your time and effort mm. and have some patience to actually do it. That's not, that is money, time is money, but it's not cash. You're not having to spend anything to do it. So yeah, you're, you're right. Um, in that a lot of people think by spending money they, they can replace money with effort. Mm. But when it comes to content and when it comes to marketing today, effort's actually what pays. Mm. The ideas the ideas have to be there and it's the effort that you put in that usually is, the, is where the ROI comes in from, you know? Uh, and I think that's important to say that and that you don't need a lot of money to, to, to communicate today. You, like you said, blogging's free, podcasting is relatively free. I mean, if you've got a smartphone today, you can pretty much do anything you want to, especially if you've got an iPhone 6S, you're kind of like, you could do your podcast mm-hmm. on your iPhone, you can do your video on your iPhone, you could write your blogs on your iPhone if you wanted to and publish them. You're kind of, you know, that's not, again, when it comes to money, it, it can be used as an excuse, but actually it can be, it could be detrimental, actually, if you've got a lot of money. I've seen people waste money yes, with money. that's very so, true. So, actually, it's really more about the effort that you're applying to it and really, I think it's it's all about really understanding your customer and understanding your audience and what you need to do to help them have a better life, you know, um, regardless of what industry you're in. How can you help them build a better business, which obviously impacts their life? They're people at the end of the day, and I think you just need to communicate with them as if they are people. And I think that's a... I think that's a better way to do business. Chris's advice about knowing your customer is spot on. Adam Carolyn, the advisor who started Next Generation Planners and appeared in episode 86, expands upon this by talking about niches. Here's Adam. To, to be, I think, to be successful, and, and you know, I'm, I'm by no means self, self-confess, sorry, self-confessing that I'm successful here, but I think you have to be niche in the way that you target customers. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to understand who you want to work with and you have to really define that audience and actually make sure that you your communication is always the same towards that audience because mm-hmm. as soon as uh, I'll give you an example my all my profiles on wherever you wherever you go on the internet internet my mm-hmm. profile is specifically towards aspiring professionals and business owners right in, in, in reality I could actually be a bit more defined but that's what it is for now mm-hmm. if I suddenly put that I look after retirees as well you know that confuses people so that that confuses the issue that I, I look after retirees but I also look after younger professionals and business owners mm-hmm. and I think the big problem that financial services has is they try to capture everyone but miss everyone by doing that. Asking the question, who is my customer, is one of the most important parts to putting together a simple marketing strategy. 
What is their problem is the next question to look at. This is where you perfect your offering to them. To them, In terms of content, that could just be answering questions your customers have, answering those questions in the form of blog posts, podcasts, videos, or eBooks. Chris Ducker, a well-known international speaker who appeared in episode 85 of the Marketing and Finance podcast, explains how to craft your content to meet your customers' needs. Here's Chris. Would be to start creating content and then populate that website with some blog content uh, and whatnot. Because at first, and this is the beautiful thing about it, you have no excuses not to do this. Mm. At first, as the expert that you are, you will start creating content that you think your audience is going to like, need, and want. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. This is content that you think they want because you don't know any other sure. way right now because you're starting from scratch. But three, four, six months down the line, when you've got that audience starting to build and you're conversing with people in the comment section on your blog or maybe you're tweeting with them, maybe you're even emailing with them, whatever it is, six months down the line, they will start telling you what they want from you. They will start telling you the types of content that they want to see from you by asking questions, by giving you what, you know, giving you ideas on what their problems are. And now the really good fun stuff begins because now you don't create content that you think they want. You create content that you You know know they need. But once you've worked out what content you want to produce, how can you stand out? In financial services, we have a reputation for using complex language and for being a little bit unapproachable. Using simple, clear language is fine. Ali McGill, a customer service expert who appeared in episode 99, has this to say about moving away from industry jargon and complex language. Here's Ali. It's huge. Mm. It's, it's absolutely, I'm glad, I'm glad you've asked that question. It's uh-huh. huge because I think... I think in the past we used that language across all of our professions to demonstrate how much we knew and how clever we were. Yes. And and that was a part of the magic or the, the secret sauce, as somebody might call it, of what we did that we didn't really want clients to understand. So we would just use these words and clients would just nod their head um, whilst not actually understanding what we were saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> but they were still byproducts anyway because they trusted us. Um, but the world's changed and customers are much more savvy and, and we know that for instance, we know now that 70% of the buying decision is made before the client gets in touch, before they make contact mm. at all. They're doing their research. And what that means is that, that the organizations that communicate simply in plain English and language that the clients understand are the ones that are more likely to get that first call yeah. or the ones who are more likely to get that referral because because not everyone is an expert in financial services. And we have the same challenge with accountants and lawyers who speak in a language, who speak accountants speak or law speak, but 90 odd percent of their clients aren't accountants or lawyers. And I would ve- I would venture it's the same with financial services, that 90% plus of our clients aren't financial services experts. They're just normal people. Yeah. So if we can figure out a way of articulating the benefits of what it is that we do and the products and services we provide, if we can do that in plain English in a language people will understand that's friendly as opposed to some of the language that's used, if it's friendly, you're going to win. You're going to pick up business and you're going to get referrals. I honestly can't, can't um, overestimate the importance of communication and language, Roger. It's, it's absolutely central to this. 
I call this either the coffee shop test or the pub test. And <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't go into you and I wouldn't go into a pub and talk to each other in passive language and and all sorts of uh, management speak and jargon. Well, maybe if we were IT people, we would. But on the whole, <laughs> we wouldn't. And and if that's the case, why would we want to con- communicate with our customers? in any other way other than plain English. It, it, it's staggering. And yet, I guess it's it's going back to right to what we said at the start, it's become embedded. You, you used the word change earlier on in this conversation, mm. and, and people don't like change, and people are often threatened by change. Mm. And even when we put in that change is about making things easier yeah. and and introducing simplicity, it's still change. And and many of our, and it is professions, I, I have to say, many of our professions are are afraid of what that change will mean. Mm. But the reality is change changes all around us and, and we need to just get comfortable with that and deal with it. Holly Mackay takes this one step further and argues the best way to be approachable is just to be yourself. Holly appeared in episode number 52 and she runs a website called Boring Money. Here's Holly. I don't know, I always feel it's a bit arrogant to sort of sit here, you know, I'm not, I didn't launch Airbnb, I haven't launched LinkedIn, you know, so I'd be I'd feel a bit humble about thinking I, I could go and tell people how, how to run their lives or their businesses. But I guess the one thing I found is just being honest. And there's something about when we think we have to do something in business or we think we're doing it and it's a sort of corporate activity, we leave our personalities and our day-to-day lives behind and we sort of put on this corporate hat. And I'd say to people, I don't think people should be so afraid about possibly doing something which might appear in inverted commas unprofessional because actually I think when we approach business in a personal way we're much more authentic and it resonates with people and we have better relationships and we have more fun on the way so I'd say sort of don't be afraid to ditch the the masquerade of a suit and a tie and just be yourself because that's, I think, in 2015, that is being professional. One area of content creation we can't ignore is live streaming video. Through smartphone apps like Facebook and Periscope, you can broadcast to the world, or, more specifically, directly to your clients. Imagine doing a live questions and answers, or a behind-the-scenes tour of your business. Live video is another great way to create relationships and to build trust with your clients. Dickie Armour, who appeared in episode 90, is a massive fan of live video. Here's what Dickie had to say about it. Yeah, you're spot on. and It's weird. I've never seen anything like it. I started using Periscope last summer uh-huh. and, it, and I had no experience of live video because it didn't really exist prior to then. No. And it was really, really strange. I was absolutely blown away and surprised by how engaging the audience was. Um, and, and actually, how you, you're absolutely right. The no like trust phases happen so much quicker mm. when they can see the whites of your eyes. They can get a feel for you immediately it's great being on the telephone that's all well a bit like bit like this podcast people are listening to you and i they can't see who we are Mm. but on video they get to see you they get to hear you they get to absolutely learn who you are as a person so much faster so that blew me away and i've flipped over to youtube because what i realized with live streaming is it's live so it's a moment in time Mm. and that amazing content gets lost 
So I really, you know, obviously YouTube being owned by Google, YouTube is the second biggest search engine. And so it makes sense to have all the right tags and keywords in a YouTube video so that people can trip over you and they can find you. And I'm currently exploring YouTube advertising as well, which is absolutely fascinating. When thinking about what content to put together, it's easy to think of many reasons why not to. Compliance is obviously one concern for financial services professionals, but as long as you're not pushing product, then there should be no issues. Another is actually the fear of being able to produce something that will stand out. So here's some great advice from Andrew and Pete, who appeared in episode 95. Yeah. Oh, there's so much you can do as well. So I'm going to just start by giving you some great news mm -hmm. that actually... If you really do think about it, financial services, right? People don't expect it to be fun. They don't expect it to be creative. They don't expect you to do anything stand out. So that makes it so much more easier to be all those things because you just <laughs> yes. have to do something slightly out there yeah. and all of a sudden you are a rebel in your industry. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> this is the easiest industry to, to actually be creative. So what about the results that you can achieve by putting good content out there. Alan and Catherine Knowles, who run Cura Financial Services, have been putting content out there all year. Their Walking Dead Zombie campaign, advertising life insurance, certainly caught people's attention, and their recent Christmas video advent calendar is simple but engaging. Here's what Alan and Catherine, who appeared in episode 91, have to say about their content marketing efforts. It does. Um, it came about because I did a general search on the internet and I was thinking, I wonder if anybody's done anything about Game of Thrones and life insurance. I don't know why I thought about it, but I did. And I did this search and I found someone who'd actually done um, a protection review of quite a few of the Game of Thrones characters and given like potential premiums in a sense. And I thought, well, that's a bit different. That's a bit quirky. And I said to Alan, I was like, right, we need to do something like this. We need to do it on the other characters, the other big characters. And he just turned around to me and was like, why don't we do The Walking Dead? That's a really good one. So I was like, okay, I'm on it. And I went away. A couple of hours later, I came back and I was like, right, this. And um, I don't know too much about the, the series myself because, again, I sort of I, I stopped you watching. Said... It got a bit violent for me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I couldn't cope with it. I think it was the last season. And, I, and after hearing what that Nagan's done recently, yeah. I don't think I could have coped with that one, at all. One of our salespeople <laughs> in the office, one of our advisors, is um, is a massive, massive fan as well. So he was so so happy to give his uh, you know opinions and say, well, I, yeah, this, you know. Yeah, that person's doing that. But hang on. It was just like, hang on, that's what they're doing the TV series, but that's not what the comic says. <laughs> and, you know, he really, really gave us fantastic pointers on it. What you've so. effectively done is you've created a, a, an infographic which yeah. effectively says if you were the character of Rick Grimes, these yeah. are the sort of dangers that you might face, you know, disability, um, yeah. dismemberment, I think you use the, the great phrase, dismemberment. Yeah. And dismemberment, mutilation. <laughs> and and I mean, like this, this, this is just far beyond. I, mean, I, I can actually imagine that some people out there might think, wow, this is a little bit too far. I, I, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this because you are talking about disability, perhaps, and, and making light of it. My re response to that would always be uh, The Walking Dead's a TV series. It ain't real. It Let's is. And on. also, the thing for us is that we're not in any way trying to trivialise the products or the disabilities, etc., that could be um, mentioned in that infographic. Mm -hmm. And obviously, apologies to anybody who does feel that way. That isn't what our intention is. Our intention is to say to people and to the general public, 
again, like we said earlier, life insurance is boring. If you just sit there and talk about life insurance, you're going to get the glazed eyes and people aren't going to be interested. But this was a way to say, you know what, it may be boring, but let's bring it into some kind of a realm where people can actually realise, well, actually, yeah, if they had had life insurance, this would have been a perfect scenario where they'd have needed it. And the last word goes to Eleanor Gould, who featured in episode 89. Here's Eleanor. Get out there on the street and look and see and, you know, look at social media, see how it's really working. Just be creative and tell your story because that's going to be more powerful than any, you know, sales brochure you've got. So I hope this little trip down memory lane, listening to the insights and ideas from past guests, inspires you to start producing more of your own content for 2017. Why not make it one of your business goals or even one of your personal goals? And if you need help putting a content strategy together, please get in touch with me at rogeredwards.co.uk. We can easily set up a strategy session on Skype to discuss how I can help you. Thank you very much for listening. That's all from the Marketing and Finance podcast for 2016. I'll be back with more interviews in the new year. In the meantime, have a great Christmas, a happy new year, and remember to keep marketing your business, to keep growing your business. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.